In September, I was sitting at my friend Danny Scoville's breakfast table for one of our Sunday morning writing groups. I was lamenting about how I couldn't get this episode together. I, I just couldn't find the words to express how I'm feeling. And I really wanted to run away from it. But Danny's one of those friends who doesn't let me run away from stuff, so she hit record on her phone, smacked it down on the table between us, and made me talk. So you're ending this <laughs> podcast, my sweet Lily, and uh, you've kind of got some, some tears going on. No, I don't. And this episode's about about ending and endings and I'm just wondering how you're feeling about the ending (laughs) the actual ending of this podcast (sighs) yeah that's what I was trying to run away from I mean when I had the idea to end it I was super relieved you were relieved I was relieved and I think right now I just feel stuck yeah like I have to make this final episode I want there to be a final I I was going to say I want to make this final episode that's not true I don't (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate your honesty (laughs) I want there to be a final episode yeah and I think it's really important and I don't want to do it I want to give that to the listeners. Mm-hmm. And I, a part of me knows that I need to give that to myself. Yeah. But it's super daunting. Yeah, it is. Ending it's really fucking hard. I want you to end this in a way that honors how many hours and heart you put into it. I, like, I want that too. And it feels... Um, like, oh my god, how could I possibly, mm. like, live up to that? Like, yeah, like, it's a lot of pressure, huh? Yeah, like, I, like, I need to Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to talk about the end. It's the end of the third season of this podcast. A season full of stories about what it's like to be living in these minds and bodies. But it's also the final episode of this show. And I want to quickly add, before you have a chance to react, at least for now, I want to imply the show could come back to make this ending feel like not a big deal. But let's not do that. Let's just take a moment to let it be. This is the end of the show. After all, resurrection fantasies are another defense against loss. I'm Lily Sloan, and this was A Therapist Walks Into a Bar. This particular ending is going to feel different for each of us. You might feel a big loss, or you might not feel really much of anything at all. Hey, maybe this is the first time you're listening. And that's kind of a funny way to get started. Maybe this is new information for you, or it's something you've been expecting. Maybe take a second to try to notice how you're reacting. I just opened up my Facebook and saw that you're going to stop your uh, A Therapist Walks Into a Bar podcast. And I had a moment of, since I'm a worst case scenario guy, I thought, what happened? Did I say something? Is it about me? 
Did my show suck? Did nobody listen after that? Did I break it? Did I ruin it? You might recognize that voice as Dusty Porn from the episode Be Someone Else. And Dusty is demonstrating some really natural reactions to a loss. Did I do something wrong? Could I have done something differently to prevent this from happening? Uh, and I also thought, oh, you know, I was sad because I realized what a wonderful resource and point of information and entertainment it's been for so many of us. Underneath the questioning, the shock, the confusion, there's the sadness that can come with an ending. And there can be anger or disappointment in there, too. Dear Lily, I hope this message finds you well. I wanted to express to you my extreme frustration and disappointment by your recent actions, namely your decision to end your podcast. First of all, how dare you? Like, you didn't even ask if I was okay with that, and that is not cool. All right, I am just, all right, just kidding. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little bummed that uh, your podcast is ending. Um, I have loved every... Uh, I tried to get some listeners to really let me have it, but... This is the best angry response I could get from anyone. Uh, I have to admit, Thanks, there Alex. is a bit of a shortage of San Francisco-based behavioral podcasts that take place in bars. So that category is definitely taking a hit. I really did want to include other voices for this ending, like listeners and former collaborators, past guests. So I asked people to go into their closets with their phones and record themselves telling me about their relationship to endings. Endings are really hard for me. And that's Molly Merson, a psychotherapist in Berkeley, California, who I'm pretty sure you've heard before on the show. She describes a way of ending that I think a lot of us can relate to. I'm kind of a ghoster. I tend to miss the last class. I tend to not go to your going away party. I tend to just sort of let it fall away in this probably sense of denial. I have a real challenge when it comes to facing how much I love a person and what it feels like to say goodbye. And ever since I really sat down and and owned that I ghost, I've made a concerted effort to change that. I will go to the last class and I will sit down and actually say how I feel about saying goodbye to somebody. Jessica Brown, also a therapist and once a co-producer on the show, knows that impulse well. Most of the times in my life when I've had endings, I've just unconsciously like moved through it like a, as if it was nothing. I did that because nobody ever told me otherwise. We never, you know, really learned how to mourn or grieve or even process transitions. So I would just do them and keep moving on. But like a lot of us that went to therapy school. I realized that there's a lot of feelings that can come up in endings that I didn't even know. Like grief and sadness, anger, contemplation around what ifs, and basically just digesting loss. So when Jessica talks about unconsciously moving through something as if it was nothing, it kind of reminds me of a ghost drifting through a wall. Ghosting is a word we often use to describe a dating scenario where someone just stops responding to your texts or calls instead of directly saying they aren't interested or available. But it can apply to disappearing in other relationships, and it's one of those ways to just move on 
try to pretend like a thing isn't a thing. Maybe I can let this become so translucent that it just disappears. The experience of being ghosted can actually be pretty haunting. And the experience of being the ghoster, I think, can be too. When I think about ghosts and stories, the conflict is usually about unfinished business. And what do the ghosts usually need? They need to finish their business. Yeah. I'm not going to do the thing that I think we like to do, where I say... Well, I'm ending, but just for now, I don't know, I could come back at some point. You never know, just to, like, try to make it feel better or, like... Not deal with the actual deep grief. Exactly. Because, no, this is real. This is ending. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Nope. In the future. But I I am ending with the intention to be moving on. Yeah. Ah! Oh, you just, like, curled up into a momentary ball right then. (laughs) I did. Because that surprised me to have it come out of my mouth that firmly yeah that was like i wanted to immediately recoil from the firmness of so my aim here right now is to let this podcast fully cross over to the other side wherever podcasts go when they die which is basically to say it'll still be in itunes and on the internet and in our hearts but there won't be anything new for the foreseeable future What's left of it is what's already been. And while processing this ending can't ever be perfectly executed, I can try my best to face it now. I am not going to ghost. So I'm going to tell you more about why I'm ending the show. Don't worry. But first, why is it even important to go over this stuff? Like, what unfinished business might there be? What value is there in hashing this out before moving on? I learned a lot about endings when I trained to be a therapist. Like, why they're hard, why they matter, why we try to do them intentionally in therapy. And when I asked listeners and former collaborators and guests to share their thoughts on endings, Kip Williams talked about his training. One of my supervisors said that for some people... A healthy goodbye may be the most important and healing experience of the whole therapeutic process. That's really stayed with me. I think the ending in therapy is so important because many of our goodbyes in life get shortchanged. Maybe there's some falling out and we reactively shut people out of our life. Or maybe we just drift away without really noticing what we're doing or why. And of course, if there's some abusive pattern, cutting someone off may be the most skillful thing that we can do. But in other situations, it creates a big problem. In the best case, it means that we're drifting along on autopilot, not really paying attention to our life and our actions. And in the worst case, maybe we're being dishonest with ourselves or impulsively running away from something painful. We may also be causing pain to other people. So when we say goodbye in therapy, we get to do it in a conscious way, to reflect on how we've grown and what the process has meant to us personally, maybe even to address some unfinished business. 
or to apologize for some harm that we caused along the way. And maybe that can help us to face other endings in a more conscious way, too. Kip's right. And yet, even knowing this stuff and having done this stuff, mostly when I've been forced to, it's still really hard. I skipped a lot of stuff. I dropped out of high school. I didn't go to my college or grad school graduations. I would try dating very quickly after relationships would end. These choices haven't been altogether bad, but I do notice a pattern of charging forward to the next thing and a difficulty with sitting with loss and change. Like this dismissal of the impact of transitions. My therapist is always trying to slow me down, not even with big stuff, but just transitioning from one thought to another, one feeling to another. I get so frustrated when I have to pause like that. But also, it's really uncomfortable to notice myself trying to move so quickly through my experiences. Jessica says when she just moves on to the next thing too quickly. I can feel really overwhelmed and really stressed in whatever that new thing is. And I think I forget that there's also an ending that I'm processing. So I'm not only feeling anxiety about the new thing that I'm adjusting to, but I'm also feeling a conflation of sadness and grief um, around the thing that I just left and that I actually need to take time to think about what it's like to lose the thing that I'm moving on from. This is one of those things where facing it seems so daunting. Maybe because we know there might be some big feelings there, and because we know it's important. Yet the reward of facing it and moving through those feelings can be so profound. Just letting stuff sink in. Letting it impact us. therapists, we really need this too. Here's Molly. When my patients leave and give me and us space to process it, oh my gosh, it's just so beautiful. It's like I get to know something about what saying goodbye could be like in my personal life even. Like if we really did sit down and talk with each other about these things, if that was like you know, sanctioned or, you know, if there was space created for that, if that was like a cultural phenomenon that we could face loss, like, oh man, our lives would be so much richer. I mean, I'd be so curious to see what would be like using that structure for an ending episode. Like, what are the highs and lows of a therapist walks in a bar? What has this podcast meant for you? Yeah. What would you like to tell the podcast? <laughs> if there's any unresolved issues between you and the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> okay, fine, Danny. I'll do it. There's a couple of ways I want to address this. And I want to talk to you directly about this ending. And I don't know many of you personally, but at the same time, we do have a relationship and it's about to change. And also, so is my relationship to this podcast that's going to be over as soon as I publish this. In both respects, 
I notice how it's harder for me to show up for the sending. Not because I don't value this work. I really do. And I value all of you. But it's hard to know how to do the sending right. And it's scary to face the sadness, even when overall I feel good about the change. Actually, maybe even more so, because I just want to charge forward into the next exciting thing. Maybe this is a conversation between me and the podcast. And if this was therapy, we'd go back to the beginning. So let's go. So, Lily, remember at the end of 2015 when you decided to start this thing? Um, yeah. What were you thinking? I don't know. I was, I was pretty recently licensed as a therapist. I was building my business. But I also knew that I really needed some of my work to be really creative, like making something that I'd share out in the world. And I mean, before I ever decided to become a therapist, I really wanted to be an artist or performer, but I was scared. And then something happened, like maybe it was from all the therapy and like building confidence through completing graduate school and interning and getting licensed. But I did kind of get back to my ambitions of my younger self. So this time, though, I had more of this edge of wanting to really connect with others, like wanting this thing that I create to be healing and helpful in some way. So I knew that there was this big gap between the world of therapy and the general public. Like, I wanted to bridge that gap. I wanted more people to learn about self-reflection and how therapy works and just to feel less alone. And I wanted this to be super accessible and real. At the time, I really loved what shows like Radiolab did to me, like filling my brain with all kinds of fascinating information and begging bigger questions and just like making this heady stuff reach me in a really emotional way. And I wanted that for a podcast about therapy, too. And as an extrovert, I wanted to go to people out in the world instead of keeping everything confined to my little 100-square-foot office. Hence, going to bars. Uh, yeah, though, though it's kind of funny. Here's one of the very first strangers that I approached Hi. at a bar. Nice to meet you. So just so you know, and I'm, I have a podcast that's going to launch in January, and it's called A Therapist Walks Into a Bar. I'm a therapist. You are? And this is a bar. I'm a therapist, too. That's so weird. We're both in a bar. Yes. Really? Yes. That's so crazy. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, I'm, I got to go where the regular people are. Right? And here we are. I don't know. Do I... So I guess other therapists go to bars, too. I guess so. Okay, but this was a big undertaking. Like, how did it go? Uh, well, not knowing what you're getting yourself into, I think, is sometimes the best way to actually do it. It turned out a single episode meant hours and hours of gathering interviews and transcribing and trying to synthesize it all into a script and cutting it all together, tweaking and tweaking until my brain was just mush. And I was so unrealistic about how many episodes I could make all on my own and in the time frame that I'd set up. It took me a while to find out that I was doing something that whole teams were usually on top of. And honestly, I do cringe when I hear earlier episodes. Like, I'm, I'm proud of myself for doing it, but it's funny realizing now how little I knew then. Just like this massive difference in quality. 
And I can hear how I started off really copying the stuff that I liked. It's almost comical. Like, I think I may have been imitating Roman Mars from 99% Invisible with the voice I was putting on. Hi, my name is Lily Sloan, and I am thrilled to tell you about my new podcast, A Therapist Walks Into a Bar. Episode one airs January. Eh, whatever. I know future me is going to be thinking the same stuff about where I am now. Of course. But the show really is in a different place now, three years later. So what was that progression like? I mean, I, I just kept listening to other stuff and honing in on what I was doing. And I, I tried having collaborators on some episodes, which was really fun. Maybe partway through the first season, I realized that I wanted to compose most of the music. And wasn't that even more work? Yeah. But it it was another missing piece in creating something that was really bringing these different parts of myself together. I always wanted to make music more seriously. I just didn't know that this was where it was going to take me. But I also started connecting with other people who were doing this sort of thing, like making documentary-style podcasts, telling stories. I wish I'd done that a lot sooner. It, it really did change everything. Suddenly, I had community, like people to get really helpful feedback from who understood the process. And I felt so inspired by them. I still am constantly inspired by them. But also something else started to stand out, which is that people were telling me that I was an expert. Like, I know I'm a therapist and maybe I could also speak with some authority about how psychology works. I didn't have to pack every episode with a million different people. And also that I could share my own stories more vulnerably. This was what I was working on as a therapist, too, actually, like finding my own voice, learning to trust that I had something of value to offer, also trusting that I could be myself and that this would actually help some people. By the end of the second season, I was definitely letting myself in more and more. How did that feel? In some ways, it was really freeing. I knew I was doing better work, and I wasn't trying to copy someone else's idea of what's professional or interesting. But I still struggle with that voice that's telling me it's self-indulgent. Like right now, I'm speaking the most that I have on this show about myself and my feelings and my process. What if this is boring? Like, what, what if no one cares? Didn't Danny answer that for you? What I'm hearing is it sounds like it's a little self-involved. But I also think as a listener, as someone who's lost a lot of people mm. to various ways of death... Grief is not something our culture does super well. We avoid the shit out of it. We numb with substances. And so even getting to have it modeled, and right. I would love to hear you vulnerably explore that <laughs> so that I learn how to do it better because I'm still learning how to end well. Danny Scoville, folks, she wants to hear about your feelings. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I know I get something out of hearing other people's stories. But telling your own can feel weird. Yeah, that's been a major part of your evolution. Like, figuring out what role you want to give yourself in all of this. Exactly. And it's, it's really all been up to me, which requires trusting myself. So over this past year, the show really blossomed. And you have a lot more listeners. Why end it now? You know, being a therapist has helped me come back to being an artist of sorts. And then this podcast, which 
was initially just meant to be something I did adjacent to my therapy practice, was an entry point. And since starting it and getting to know more about the craft, there's so many other stories I want to tell in so many other ways. And I find myself wanting to break free from the premise of the show. Like, I, I don't want to always talk directly about therapy stuff or go to bars. And I, I want a chance to work with teams of people. I want to make weird experimental stuff. I want to pitch stories to shows on NPR. I mean, I just need the space to play and find my way in this world that I'm now part of. And I also really want to make a living doing it. Right. And that's kind of starting to happen, isn't it? Yeah. Like, people are paying me to do stuff, like compose music for their podcasts, and I'm doing some producing now. I don't know, I'm like getting to be one part of helping other people's projects be super awesome. So who knows, like maybe I'll start another podcast or maybe I'll work for other people, but I'm really ready for space to, I don't know, explore all of that. How did it feel to decide? Oh, I felt so much relief and excitement when I made this decision. And, and it really does feel right. But there's also these creeping thought tendrils of disappointment that I couldn't turn the show into a living or guilt that I'd be letting people down. It just doesn't erase the fear that I failed in some way or, or the fear that the kind of stuff I want to be making now just won't resonate with this wonderful audience I already have. So what would you like to say to the podcast about your time together? Like, what would help you say goodbye? Hmm. Yeah, there is a lot. Yeah, I'll see if I can get some of it out there. Thank you for being a source of creative fulfillment. A part of me is ashamed for stopping. What if I just don't have the endurance to be successful? What if I'm letting everyone down? I'm so relieved I don't have to do this anymore. You've taught me a lot. You've brought so many wonderful people into my life. Sometimes our relationship was like banging my head against the wall. Why can't I fucking get paid to do this? Our relationship was kind of everything I wanted. I'm happy it's ending. I'm sad it's ending. I'm proud of us. I love you. I tend to turn to nature to try and understand ending, that there's a cycle, and that when something stops, it's because something new is coming. Uh, just the other day, I was cutting an onion, and it was an onion I'd grown from a seed, and I was just marveling at how this beautiful onion that I was peeling into the sink, I had grown from a teeny tiny little seed. You know, that seed is gone. The onion I ate, it's all, it's been harvested. It's not there anymore. But just to be in contact with the cycle was really awesome. A Therapist Walks Into a Bar was created by me and produced mostly by me over the past three years including original music and sound design. But I've had help from some incredible people. Emily Shaw is the story editor, and this year she has made me so much better at what I do. Thank you, Danny Scoville, Molly Merson, Jessica Brown, Kip Williams, Dusty Porn, and Alan Zola for taking part in this funeral episode. 
Special thanks to past collaborators Jessica Brown, Jesse Rhodes, and Kip Williams. It was so fun making those episodes with you. And now I'm going to name the special guests and contributors to this show whose unique perspectives made this so much more than just a me thing. So I'm going to start from the very beginning, which I hear is a very good place to start. And I'm going to move through the life of this podcast. Zara Zimbardo, Allegra Lucas, Thomas Kim, Christopher Lewis, Robert Soli, Pilar Delano, Derailed Freight Train, Cynthia Hoffman, Joel St. Julian, Rob Shane, Molly Merson, Jordan Wolf, Dr. Sheldon Kabacher, Morgan Brown, Elaine Chancherer, Kay Fulstrom, Melanie K. Mitchell, Katie Bullock, Stacey McGurl, Nicole Labby, Jesse Conweiler, Glennis Oyston, Nate Bagley, Eve Peters, Lily Sun, Louis Cole Music, Anna Howland, Kurt Colstead, Jamie Moran, Christine Hutchison, Nathan Reedy of Robbie Carr, Andrea Salenzi, Ben Sloan, Aura Aguilar, Ruben Lee, Brian Thompson, Noreen Thompson, Phoebe Judge, Lauren Selfridge, Dusty Porn, Larry Lariosa, Jedediah Baker, Tori Paquette, Josie Baker, Matt Stevens, Ada Paisel, Lyndon Paisel, Dave Nadelberg, and all the strangers in the bars. Oh my God, it was such a thrill to dive into those conversations with all of you. And to name a few friends who've been particularly supportive in helping me wade through the creative process while I've been making this show. The women of my former mastermind group, Karen Smiley, Tiffany McLean, Marielle Berg, and Devona Snook. You told me I could do it, and then I did it, and I don't think that's a coincidence. And the women of my writers group, Nula Sawyer and Danny Scoville, you've been right there with me as this show has grown into something I could have never imagined. And you were right there the night I decided to end the show, as I was walking down Page Street to meet you two at Nula's apartment. Garrett Tiedemann, Ben Ward, and Jedediah Baker, you've let me bounce ideas off of you, given me constructive feedback, told me I'm great, thank you, and encouraged me when I felt super stuck. Huge thanks to all the people who contributed to the show on Patreon. Your support means so much to me, and it really helped me get through this season. I'll admit, That was really just an excuse for me to practice giving an Oscar acceptance speech, but I think it's important to show you all that this really can't be done alone. I didn't do it alone, even if it felt that way sometimes. And it's such an important reminder to support your artist friends in whatever way you can. We need you. If you want to stay up to date on my new projects, follow me on Twitter at Lily Rose Sloan and sign up for the newsletter at atherapistwalksintoabar.com. I'm still going to maintain it, but I'm going to transition it away from being about this specific podcast. And don't worry, emails are still going to be really infrequent. To check out my other work and see if you want to hire me for something, visit lilymakesound.com. And you can still hear me talk about therapy stuff every week on Radical Advice, which is live on BFF.FM, Tuesdays, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. And if you can't listen live, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and tune in whenever works for you. You could submit your life questions by visiting RadicalAdviceShow.com. Okay, that was a lot of information. I'm done with the information part. And for the last time on this show... Thanks for listening.
crying in my closet by myself. 